Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Anoop Taddy. Welcome, Anoop. Thank you, Paul. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Paul. Hey. I have a long history of mispronouncing names on the show, so how do I do on yours? <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> See, look at that one. Uh, Excellent. So why, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Anoop, uh, and uh, I'm a developer in a company called Content and Cloud uh, based in London, uh, UK. Yeah, I've been involved with the SharePoint space for, for about, I think, 10 or 11 years now. Yeah, I still remember my, I mean, I, I think it was 2010 I started with, or maybe Moss. Uh, but yeah, my first project was, it was a website that we had to do for, for, for a client. So yeah, that was interesting. And then, uh, yeah, all those content query web parts, STS, ADM, IIS reset. You're bringing back <laughs> some memories there, and uh, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Now uh, it's all uh, SPFX and and all uh, you know uh, in, in the cloud. Um, so yeah, uh, involved with, uh, with that for for quite some time now, and uh, I like contributing to the community, be it in the form of uh, you know code on GitHub or uh, some sessions in events or community calls and things like that. So that has helped me uh, in in getting the MVP award, and also um, uh, you know that has helped me in becoming the uh, part of the PNP uh, team core member. Excellent, excellent. That's great. So, so the topic today is Viva Connections development. And so, for for listeners who remember back in the day, we've had some of the product group folks on talking about the positioning of Viva Connections and so on. But it's great to get an external person who's down in the depths, writing code point of view. So let's let's start with Anoop. Let's give us your flavor. What what is your point of view? What is connection? What is Microsoft Viva Connections, and why do I want to write code for it? So as per the Microsoft documentation, uh, Microsoft Viva Connections is uh, your gateway to modern employee experience, uh, which is designed to keep everyone engaged and informed. Uh, so engaged and informed, those are the, are the key words here. So with Viva Connections, when you get it installed, uh, we'll, we'll uh, you know, quickly explain how to get it installed, but when you have it, uh, you can access Viva Connections from Teams, be it in mobile uh, or desktop, and then uh, you get uh, different components of Viva Connections with which uh, you can uh, do your day-to-day -day activities. So that's, uh, you know, in short, what Viva Connections is, according to me. Okay, and so th this was set up, right? So we start there. As we mentioned before recording, I actually struggled on the setup, right? And so it's not just a, an app I install, is it? It's, it seems to be a little bit more involved with that. And so again, to figure just a person, a dev who's used to running npm install, <laughs> what do I do to get started getting dashboard set up for me to write code? And then we can talk about how to push it to our customers later. But right, so I want to get started. Is it, can I just do you know the gulp serve and it works, or do I have to do more than that? Before getting on to developing uh, uh, things for Viva Connections, uh, we have to uh, uh, set up or have Viva Connections installed in, in our tenant. Uh, so there are two components to it. Uh, one is the SharePoint side of it, and the other one is the Teams side of it. What we want on the SharePoint side is uh, that there'll be a landing site or the main site of, our, of your internet. So that should be 
designated as a home site. So, you know, when you go into the SharePoint Admin Center and select a site, you can set uh, a communication site uh, as the home site. Uh, so that site should also have global navigation enabled. So that, that's the first part of it. And then the, the second part uh, is in Teams. So we need to go into the Teams Admin Center and then add Viva Connections app uh, in Microsoft Teams. So when you go into Teams Admin Center, you'll see several apps. Right? Some are provided by Microsoft, some might, might be third party, some might be uh, your own apps. And one of, the, one of such apps provided by Microsoft is the Viva Connections app. Uh, so we go ahead and add that to our tenant uh, in Teams. And then we can customize the the logo of it or and the name of it and uh so when you create that viva app viva connections app in teams does it automatically connect to that new home site you've created in in the sharepoint side of the house or do you have to like provide the url for it to say this is the one i want to show up in viva connections no viva connections app automatically detects uh, what is the home site in your tenant uh, you know it, it knows uh, which is the home site uh, so that's why we have to set the home site first before installing uh, the app so if a if a customer had already created like a a sharepoint site that they were using as their intranet can they just easily make that the home site and then viva connections just wraps around it or is it more complicated than that they have to start from a this special template that gets created no, as long as the the site uh, that they're using is a communication site, yeah, and if it has uh, the global navigation enabled, uh, they can set that site as the home site. How common was a communication site used as an intranet? Just out of interest, I, again, be, I'm not been in the SharePoint space for a long time. I know Paul lives in this space as well. I'd like your opinion on this too, Paul. Uh, I don't have an answer for that because. Uh, Communication site, I think, is the one that uh, everyone usually create yeah. uh, to begin with for, for SharePoint Internet. Yeah, that's my opinion. And okay. So back in the day, the, the, they did they gave us the team sites as the, the home site for that's right, Microsoft. Yeah. Or, or back in the day, it was SharePoint Online, right? So I do remember there was a large effort to get folks to convert. But most of the stuff we're seeing now, folks are doing. If you're interested in Viva Connections, you've probably already got a communication site already okay. set up. So that makes whether sense. it's flagged as home is kind of a, a – but again, it's it's not it, – and there's no – you mentioned the template. I don't remember there being a – template, although there might be for the dashboard page, right? Do you, uh, I don't remember the specifics on that. Do you, Anupa, right? Isn't there a special page that they create when you do something with Viva? Right. So just to take a step back, uh, once um, you have the uh, Viva connection set up, or once you've made a site as the home site, what you get is a couple of web parts in that site. Uh, one is the dashboard web part and the other one is the feed web part. So these two web parts or the dashboard and feed, they are part of Viva Connections uh, and that becomes your entry or, uh, you know, or that, those two, uh, you know, they are the components of Viva Connections. So uh, that's how you get to use uh, Viva Connections with these two web parts. Now, that's the case only in, in desktop uh, but in mobile, it's a it's a slightly different story. Yeah, and I and I think I think folks, we can certainly point folks to to the mobile story. But I guess that 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 dashboard web part, I want to dive deeper into because I create a SharePoint SPFX thing that's not a web part, right? But so, how does this dashboard web part that you mentioned fit in with the stuff that I'm building? 
uh, in SPFX, we've got the normal SPFX web parts, uh, but uh, starting from SPFX, I think 1.13 and above, uh, you get a new uh, new component called as adaptive card extensions. So uh, these are, um, you can think of these as web parts, uh, but these are like small UI components which become a part of the dashboard. And then you can use that dashboard to uh, to get information from from these cards. Let's take a simple example of the dashboard that we've got in a car, right? So in a dashboard, we have the speedometer, the fuel gauge or gauge, uh, and then you've got the left and right indicators, uh, indicators to see whether the headlight is on or off and things like that. So as a driver, you see that dashboard uh, consume that information and then take a decision. Say, for example, uh, if you're crossing the speed limit, uh, you reduce the speed. If you see that the fuel is low, you go to a petrol station or a gas station and things like that. So now, you know, if we map that dashboard to a digital dashboard and imagine that you have different components within the dashboard which are related to Microsoft 365 or your tenant. Say, for example, uh, there might be a small uh, uh, component which says how many annual leaves you've got remaining. Another component might say, uh, you know, uh, what are your expenses? There might be another component which says uh, if there are any delays in the uh, in the public transport and things like that. So uh, as an employee, when I see that dashboard, I get to know what's going on. So I consume that information and then decide uh, what to do next. So these small components uh, that I spoke about, the expenses, annual leave and public transport, things like that. Those are nothing but adaptive card extensions, which we can now build with uh, SPFX. So when I when I looked at the screenshots of this and when I see like Ed Everett and Vesa, Hunan, like pitch this at different conferences and so forth, it reminded me a lot of like Windows Phone with the little tiles where it just showed just enough information that yes. it would be a call to action to click on it and, and see more. I'd heard it called Ace and always wondered why it was called Ace, but now it makes total sense because it's adaptive card extensions. Um, <laughs> yes. And everyone, devs love to abbreviate things. These cards, and I've, you know, we, we, we do a lot with adaptive cards um, with various other things in Outlook and Teams as well. Is the mm. technology the same? Like if I've built an adaptive card for a Teams message extension or I've built it for a universal action in Outlook or a message extension in Outlook, which all use adaptive card technology, is this technology the same or is it different? No, it's, it's the same. So the uh, underlying technology is adaptive cards. So the, the JSON uh, that uh, that we use in adaptive cards. So if we go to adaptivecards.io, one of the, um, in, in the dropdowns as the platform, one of the platform we see is um, SPFX adaptive card extensions or Viva Connections adaptive card extensions. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that even Paul can make cards look pretty is what we're saying, right? Well, I've been told by the folks at the office that I don't make cards look pretty, but at least they don't look ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and so with ACEs, how much flexibility do you have on the layout? Are they, I mean, I'm assuming they're pretty strict. I can see some of those examples you shared with us, but do you have, how much control do you have over the, the visual one? Is there a, a specific dimension of card you have? So uh, there are two things to this. Uh, one is uh, on the dashboard, uh, when you see the cards, uh, 
we've got, uh, or Microsoft have given us three uh, fixed layouts and two sizes for those layouts. Uh, currently it is three, uh, but in the future it might change. Uh, so th that's what you see on the dashboard. However, when you interact with the, with the card, say for example, I click on the card, um, then you, you get something called as a quick view. Um, and that is, uh, you know, customizable uh, to, to uh, you know, based on your imagination, uh, you can uh, customize it however you want. So, uh, and then uh, the other thing is, if you do not want to, uh, you know, have this quick view, you can just, uh, you know, use the card card layouts provided by Microsoft, and then uh, there might be a couple of buttons on it. You click on it, it takes you to uh, to another app, maybe uh, an app within Teams or or an external app. I, I want to go back, right? You talked before that there's the dashboard and there's all kinds of gauges on my dashboard in my car. And now I'm building these extensions. So the extensions are web parts that I put on a dashboard or is, I, I guess I, I walk, walk through that technology again because it, it was confusing to me the first time we, we dived into it, if you would. Uh, you know, as a developer, uh, I use SPFX and create these adaptive card extensions and then publish the SPPKG file. Uh, and then what happens is as the as the owner of the dashboard, so for example, uh, your your home site or the internet site might have a designated owner who takes care of you know how the home home site should look. So they'll have uh, permissions to uh, add uh, the cards onto this dashboard. Uh, so the owner or the editor goes into the site, adds the dashboard web part uh, on the home page, for example, or rather, let's take one step back. They go to the home site and then in from the settings cog they. Uh, uh, they can go to the the actual dashboard itself uh, that opens a separate page wherein they can see a nice view of how the dashboard will look like once it is published uh, so they go there edit edit that view and then add uh, the cards that it, it might be the cards that uh, that are coming from the SPPKG file uh, or it might be some of the cards provided by Microsoft okay so so when i when i designate a site as the home site, Microsoft does some magic yeah. and they use the dashboard web parts. Yes. I don't. And then when I go to this magic page, I can add my extensions into the dashboard web part. Yes. So, uh, correct. When you when you designate a site as the homepage, uh, that will have the dashboard capabilities. So, one capability is this dashboard page, wherein you go, you go and design the dashboard. So, you can in that page you can see how a dashboard might look like uh, on a mobile uh, or on desktop. Um, so, it is like uh, similar to SPFX Workbench page. Okay. Oh, there we go. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Right. So I write these things and I don't add them to a site. I have to go to this dashboard and add them to the yeah. dashboard. Perfect. Okay. Can you do it programmatically? Is there a way of like having a manifest that defines like which ones show up or is it that it's still a manual thing in the UX? I think it is only a manual thing because uh, the authors of the page or the editors, uh, they would, you know, want to know you know, how, how a dashboard looks like, like, yeah. That's true, yeah. The theory would be is you could have multiple SPFX packages that are deployed to a tenant that have different cards from different SaaS companies, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, you get to choose uh, which ones to display. So Which ones show? Yeah. Uh, 
so like the car dashboard analogy again the manufacturers of the car uh, decide you know the speedometer has to be on the left side and the fuel gauge has to be on the right side uh, similar to that you know the give uh, miles per hour for the americans yeah. and kilometers per hour <laughs> <laughs> yes what's your point yeah. <laughs> uh, so just a quick deep deep on that so I'm assuming because there's Viva connections now, there's Viva goals, there's Viva, there are other ones. Is the intent that there will be cards released for other Viva products that then shop on this dashboard? Is that kind of, have they started doing that already? Not that I am aware of, but, uh, you know, because these are, these cards can be customized. And if, if there is a way to, uh, you know, get information from the other uh, Viva areas in the cards, then then I guess uh, there is a possibility. This is where I drop the, there's no APIs yet for Viva products on Microsoft Graph. (laughs) (laughs) Please start adding your feedback on aka.ms slash graph feedback. Perfect. Um, So when we were discussing before the adaptive cards bit and new, you know, so a couple of things that you've said that I want to tie together. So there are some predefined layouts, but I can go to adaptive cards.io and, and do stuff. Can you talk, walk us through what is that? So I'm a developer. What does that really mean? How are these things all fit together? Uh, so like I said earlier, when, on the dashboard, uh, we can add these adaptive card extensions. So the moment you add the adaptive card extension, you see a, a layout uh, that is predefined. You you cannot, uh, you know, make changes to that. I mean, you can change the text, you can change the icon, maybe you can change the text on the buttons, uh, change the image uh, on, on that card. But the layout, uh, so that, that that is like the, the primary layout. So that is fixed. So we've got three options options in that and then we can choose one of those while uh, we are building the adaptive card extension now uh, the other thing is well when you want to interact uh, with the card uh, you you add something called as a you can add something called as a quick view say for example you have this annual leaves card yeah and then on the dashboard it says uh, you've got 12 days annual leaves remaining and then when you click on the card you can show a nice uh, quick view, which is uh, which is again an adaptive card layout. Uh, that might show uh, on the left. It might show the date uh, when you took your first annual leave, uh, the details of the annual leave. So that layout uh, can be customized uh, based on the requirement. Okay, so the quick view layout is where I go to adaptivecards.io and I drag and drop whatever I want for my layout, and then I can show that after my user interacts with the card. Uh, yes. Yeah. And where do, how do you wire that up on the back end? Because I'm assuming if I click a submit my leave button, that has to go somewhere in your code. So what's the plumbing for that? So when you uh, when you create an adaptive card extension using SPFX, uh, all, all that is taken care for you. So in the in the uh, in the main file itself, uh, you can define how many views uh, will your adaptive card extension have. Uh, and then uh, with, the, with the new capability, you can also say, uh, you can also load these views asynchronously, i.e. Uh, only when you want them and not uh, load everything when the card loads. Uh, all this, uh, you know, when you scaffold uh, a project, uh, Microsoft, you know, provide these capabilities for you and then you can just go ahead and uh, edit the code based, based on the requirement. Diving a little bit further into this annual leave, so I'm assuming most companies don't track that in SharePoint. They have some type of system. 
So that would require, let, let's say I need to do some type of configuration of this card. Do, do I get some type of configuration capability as part of this? Right. So uh, you can think of uh, this as, um, you know, uh, you are developing an SPFX web part. So if you want to get data from external systems, uh, you would uh, you would have that configuration uh, done in your SPFX web part. So similarly, you can, uh, you know, have some kind of configuration so that your adaptive card extension talks to this external system, gets the data, uh, and then displays it. Now, there is, I mean, since these are uh, like small widgets which display information and provide you some level of interactivity, there might be a point wherein uh, uh, you can decide that, uh, let's say if you want to apply for a, a new annual leave or raise a new annual request, leave request, you might not want to do that in the adaptive card extension itself. You might just deep link it to say an app in Teams where you manage your annual leaves or maybe to another external system. So, but with web parts, that might not be the case. Uh, you might want to decide to have all the functionality within the web part itself. So, so how do how do I how do I write this configuration experience? Is this something I've seen before? I mean, is it like web part properties, or is it some other different area where I have to go to do this? Yeah, you can set it up just like uh, you know SPFX web parts. You've got a property pane uh, wherein you can have all your configurations in, in that. Oh, okay, is the rest of SPFX available to me? Can I get the the AAD HTTP client and all that other stuff? Is that all there? Yes, yeah, everything is the same. Uh, you can get get all that information. Sweet, sweet. So if I, yeah, okay. So that that, that that's good. I guess uh, all they're doing is making it look pretty for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the learning curve the note of this, like you know, before SPFX with web parts, you kind of owned the entire rendering. You had to build the layout yourself, and a lot of people used like Fluent UI and various other UX frameworks to help make it look like SharePoint as they were building it out. I'm guessing this kind of takes that away, right? Because it's doing all the styling for you. Really, the only thing you can do is put images on cards that, if you want, take over all the look and feel. Is that right, or is there things you can do to style it how you like? So, uh, with respect to styling, adaptive cards provide some level of styling. Say, for example, um, I think with respect to colors, if if you tag something as attention, that might be red, uh, or warning as yellow. So, those kind of things, whatever you see in, uh, you know, adaptivecards.io, uh, all those uh, apply. But it is not like Fluent UI. So, you take a Fluent UI component and then, you know, you can you know, do a lot of things, maybe change the font size to something very big and, and things like that. So uh, those limits are controlled uh, by whatever is provided by uh, by the adaptive cards. So if, I, if I'm not doing styling or, or fluent UI control, am I even writing a React control? Well, what is what is this code I'm writing? Yeah, the underlying code uh, for uh, adaptive card extensions is like React, but not React from what I understand. Uh, but uh, when you uh, when you create a, a new adaptive card extension, you've got this um, you know state uh, property or the state object, and then uh, you can set some properties to it, and then use uh, set state uh, and things like that. So, uh, in short, the answer is it is like React, but not React. Okay, and and so 
So you said there's state and property. So it sounds like a lot like a, a class, right, or something. It might have a like we did back in the old SharePoint days, right? There's a there's a base class, and I just extend it with the override methods I need, right? Is that that sounds like what it it, it would be? Is yes. That right? Yeah. So uh, you've got uh, like the base SPFX web part. You've got uh, base adapter card extension class. Uh, we extend that, uh, and then uh, you know that has got uh, uh, some some methods like we have in SPFX web parts the lifecycle methods. And after that, we so yeah. Once we extend it, we we can call other APIs and uh, and get data from from there. Right, right. Which is which is like what we're used to. Great, that's awesome. Okay, so so what else did I? What else should I know? I guess uh, I I'm just trying to to go based on on how you answered these questions there. But is there any other big ticket item that a developer would want to understand when they're writing in this? I mean, if you have done SPFX web parts uh, before and you've used a little bit of adaptive cards, then this is a familiar territory uh, because uh, all, all the code uh, is in TypeScript, so which which you'll be used to already because uh, you would have done some uh, work in SPFX. And uh, adaptive cards, uh, adaptivecards.io provides a lot of information. So, so I would say, uh, you know, these two things, if you're familiar with this, uh, with these two, then then yeah, uh, that's all is needed. Because uh, like we like we spoke about uh, the, you know, the other things earlier, like the AAD HTTP client or the graph client, we would have used those in, in SPFX uh, web parts or extensions. So all those can be used here as well. And one other question I had is like from your implementations you've been doing, I know where have you like how many cards are people deploying on these like these apps? Like so, so at Microsoft we actually have an app that we use, and I'm not sure whether it's been ported to Viva Connections or not. But you know I can do things like look at my stock, look at booking a shuttle from building to building on campus, or I can see how many leave days I have left, and there are quite a lot of cards in there already. I'm guessing on Teams app, you know, there's plenty of real estate to show those cards, but on a phone, you know, you're going to be thumb scrolling through a lot. Do you give guidance on how many cards for a customer they should kind of target so that you're not in this wheelhouse of 30 cards on the screen having to scroll? Because I also think like page load times would be pretty, pretty awful too, if that thing's pulling from 30 different systems to shop on a screen too. So what, what kind of guidance have you been giving people about this? Uh, it would be the case of uh, you know showing important information uh, on the dashboard. So I don't know of any hard limit as such, but but I guess uh, you know you would you wouldn't have a lot of cards because information the information should be such that uh, you know when you have a look at that it should be easily uh, uh, have a look at the dashboard. It should be easily uh, consumed. Uh, I, I guess uh, it would be, uh, you know, a decision, you know, based on the developer and the editor of the dashboard. Yeah, the, it might uh, reach a threshold after a certain point, but uh, uh, but yeah, I, I haven't come across any recommendations on that. So look, looking at my phone right now, on my phone right now, Jeremy, I can see two cards vertically in the title of the third, right? And then... If it's medium, I, it's half. So I could do, I could mostly see four cards on first glance. But that's because you're in 300% accessibility mode because you're aged though, Paul. Well, right? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I had to slide it in there. Um, you're not wrong. Can you? 
Hey, I'm, I'm at 250. Um, so can you target cards like you know like if i go back to the old days of sharepoint where you had audience targeting can you say i only want to show this sales ace card to the sales people in the based on an aad group or some kind of audience of sorts yes yeah uh, you do have uh, audience targeting enabled uh, on these cards uh, and then as the editor uh, uh, of the dashboard uh, can decide to whom uh, the cards should uh, should be targeted uh, uh, just to give you another another example uh, in one of the pnp samples we've got a card which shows the service health uh, of a tenant uh, so you might want to target that only for the uh, only for some admins how do you gen- generate the audience section? And back in the day, it used to all be done by the user profile service, and there was always kind of complications in big farms back in the day of those things. Is it just purely AAD group membership now, or is it something different? Yeah, uh, so it's, it's just AAD group membership. And when you edit uh, the, uh, the card, one of the properties that you see is, um, is target audience. So uh, you can use that uh, setting uh, and and target the audience. That's really cool. Yeah. And so you mentioned PNP. So do you have lots of different example cards that people can go look at to get inspiration of like, oh, I like that card. I'm going to take this as a baseline and use this in my own my own cards. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so the patterns and practices community, uh, you know, like web parts and extensions, uh, we've got a lot of samples uh, for ACES as well. So the URL is aka.ms slash SPFX dash ACES. Yeah, that, that takes us to uh, all the different samples that have been uh, contributed by the community members. And apart from that, uh, we also have a a sample under the PNP repository called as reference scenarios. Uh, And uh, there are some aces in in that as well, which which talk about the, uh, uh, you know, the basics, uh, and then some aces, which are like end to end. So uh, there's one, I think, related to, uh, to office booking it has got a teams uh, personal app as well so uh, they talk about how we can integrate aces with the teams personal app and then there's one around well-being so uh, you know in an organization there might be certain well-being days uh, allocated to employees and then those days can be submitted and then approved or rejected by manager so yeah the, these are the two uh, repositories uh, one is the aces uh, repository in which all the community contributors contribute and the other one is the reference scenarios uh, which can be used to you know create other aces you know the, the one comment you made we, we probably should have talked about earlier right so i i'm not writing a complete solution in aces am i it's maybe designed to complement something that already exists right yes yeah so uh, uh, it is like so when you scaffold an ace uh, most of the things are already there so uh, like the ui part is is taken care of by these uh, adaptive cards so you would just wire up uh, some data to it and then you're, you're there yeah yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you end to end inside an ACE. It's really a, a window into something else. That's a that's a great point. So thanks for that. Um, so folks have questions or comments for you. Are you out on social media? Folks can can find you if they have uh, questions or or feedback. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm on Twitter under the handle Anup Tells, uh, and I'm on GitHub. My username is Anup T. Uh, and I write some blogs on uh, Medium, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
the link is anupti.medium.com. Excellent. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this today. It, uh, it was great, great info. And I would love to get the external view as opposed to just, uh, you know, the program managers have their their goals, but how we use it is is sometimes different. So thanks so much for taking the time to come on today. No worries. Yeah, no, I really appreciate the note. Thank you. It's been, um, you know, I love reading your blog. It's a good way for me to keep up with things. And I do definitely like the external opinions and things to, you know, see it through their eyes. I mean, it was obviously something I did when I was an MVP back in the day. Um, and sometimes it, like when you started the podcast, you started with a marketing definition of Viva and I kind of rolled my eyes, but now I have a, a much better <laughs> understanding of what it means to be a developer in this space. So thank you. Thank you very much, Paul and Jeremy, for having me. Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 